Today's reading comes from 2 Samuel 1 to 11. After the king was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest for all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. But the night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people, Israel, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people of Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore, as they did at the beginning, and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. You may recognize our speaker today as the ministry director for The Porch, the youth ministry for Youth for Christ of Greater Washington, D.C., that for many years ran out of this building. Uh, and our speaker uh, entered into youth ministry because a very formative event that happened for him. He lost two very close friends uh, to, to gun violence here in the city. Ray Nelson is here to share God's word with us in the Advent series, and it's a real privilege for me to introduce him uh, as a friend of WCF, but also as a, someone I've come to know as a friend of mine personally. And so we're just really grateful to have him speak to us today. And uh, Ray grew up in D.C., and he was affirmed to ministry in the First Baptist Church of Washington, D.C., and he lives in the Northwest D.C. with his wife and five children. Let's welcome Ray this morning. Well, first of all, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much to uh, my dear friend, Andrew, Pastor Andrew, and to you, the entire Washington Community Fellowship. This has been an amazing place uh, to, to house our ministry uh, for a number of years. And so I'm super excited to be here with you guys this morning. And I thank God for the opportunity to stand, to share the, and proclaim the gospel truth in Washington, D.C. So again, thank you guys so much. Um, I'm, I'm going to say a word of prayer, and then I'm just going to go right in. I'm going to be myself today and just kind of allow God to speak. And I'm super excited to see all of what God is doing, and I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly excited to be a part of this Advent series here uh, at Washington Community Fellowship. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for allowing us to be in your house, to, to be called, to be used of God, to do your work. We thank you today 
most certainly for Jesus Christ. As we celebrate Jesus, as we anticipate the birth of our Lord and our Savior, we thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. And we ask, God, that you continue to be with us today. Speak through me right now, God, that they may hear your heart, that they may hear you, but that they will see me standing. And so, God, we thank you. Use us in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So today I, I want to I talk a little bit about uh, a part of this Advent series on the road to revelation, on the road to revelation, to reveal, to, to make known. Uh, September the 24th of 2018, so just, just over two years ago, I was coming back from a wedding down in North Carolina, <clears throat> in Raleigh, North Carolina. One of my kids who grew up here in the city had uh, matriculated down to UNC Charlotte University. She graduated, got her undergrad and her master's, and, and, and now has begun to live a life uh, down in North Carolina. And she sends me a message and asks me to come to her wedding. And of course, my heart was filled with joy that, that today this young person wants to devote her relationship to God. And so I went down, drove down, and uh, had this amazing experience and, you know, enjoyed the fellowship of family and friends and met some new people and met, you know, some great opportunities um, to really connect with people. And so after the wedding is over, I said to myself, I need to jump back on the road. I was trying to uh, get home at least before uh, my kids went to bed. And so I love being able to be a father and to be home in such a time where I can at least hug my kids and kiss my kids and just uh, affirm them in a sense. And so I was rushing to get home, filled up my gas tank, and I hit the road. And I'm doing 55 to 60 miles an hour as I'm coming up Interstate 95. And I get by Richmond, Virginia. And all of a sudden, I hear this sound, this, this sound that as you're on the road, it's not a, a sound that you want to hear, but it's a familiar sound. And because I've experienced such a sound before, I knew that there was something wrong with the tires. So as I was traveling 55 miles an hour, and, and by this time, it's, it's pouring down rain. And, and so I managed to to slow down just a little, and, and as I begin to uh, merge into the right-hand lane, a tractor trailer speeds right on by. And so I have to jerk the vehicle, and as I'm doing that, it, it, it slides over to the shoulder. I get out, and I uh, uh, realize that one of my tires has shredded. Now, now, that's the first part of the testimony, is that the fact that here I am on 95, Interstate 95, and I'm traveling 55 miles an hour, a tire shreds, and I managed, thanks to the grace of God, to get the vehicle over to the right-hand shoulder. That was about 11 p.m. And so now here I am, I'm calling my insurance company, I'm trying to figure out how can I get a tow truck, how can I get AAA, somebody to come to help and to support so that I can make my journey home. So now as I'm sitting alongside the road, my insurance company says to me, hey, we're having a hard time finding you a tow. Sit tight. We're going to call a state trooper to respond because it seems like at this time at night, they respond better to the state troopers. So, I, so I'm sitting alongside of the road and about two o'clock in the morning, 2 a.m., a tractor trailer hits my car and totals it. 
while I'm sitting in the driver's seat. So he hit the back passenger left side of the vehicle and pushes me a little further into the ravine. And so frightened, afraid, and scared in that moment, I, I, I realized that, one, I was alone, but I felt the peace of God in the moment. Of being afraid and, and, and thinking that something else was happening, that I was under attack. But then when I, st- I started breathing and I started to talk to myself, I realized that I'm okay. No injuries except for my emotions and my feelings were hurt. And so I'm sitting alongside the road waiting for the trooper to respond. And the state trooper responds. And when he sees my vehicle, he says to me, if your car would have been three inches over to the left, you would not be here right now because that tractor trailer would have ripped through your vehicle like a piece of paper. And he said, trust me, I've seen it. So about a month or so after that, I, was, I had been uh, reflecting on that experience. I had been reflecting on, 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 on that as, as life flashes before my eyes because I, I was afraid and I didn't understand what was happening in the moment. But then there was a revelation. There was a re- revelation revealed in one of my young people about a month or so later. In fact, it happened on November the 1st, 2018, which was my two-year anniversary of serving with Youth for Christ USA in the porch. And so I go over to a friend's house, and uh, she had experienced a situation. This young person had experienced a situation where she fell, and she hit her head. She was hospitalized, and she's now home. Her mom called and asked if I can come over and just say a prayer with her. And so, because she couldn't remember, she had a short-term loss of memory, and she could not remember what was going on. She had been saying different things and really been talking out of her mind. So I get to her house, and as I'm sitting there, she comes out. Long story short, she comes out, and she says these things. She says, uh, God is speaking to me. And here are a couple revelations of that, of that night. The first one was, didn't I just cover you? Now, this was a couple months later after I had been uh, uh, just reflecting on my own time and my own experience and, and really my emotional feelings, my feelings were hurt because of the incident. The word of God was, didn't I just cover you? You are the fork in the road. They don't believe that's why I sent you. And the last one was, I am pleased with you. So as we talk about today, this uh, being on the road of revelation, the being on the, the road of, of to revealed or something to be revealed to us, when we, whenever we see the word revelation or we ever see the word reveal, then there's something that, that God, I believe, wants to speak to us. There's something that God wants us to catch. There's something that God wants us to understand and to, to gather as we think about the word revelation. So now in our scripture text this morning that has already been read, 2 Samuel David is now reflecting. He, he, he's the king. He, he's the king. He has proven himself. He has proven himself to the fact that, that he had, has, has this military um, responsibility and, and the power of God. I, I love the fact that God calls him a man after his own heart. Because in this text this morning, as you think about uh, the, the Nathan, who is the successor to Samuel, and David having this conversation, and him wanting to, to build a temple to house the Ark of the Covenant. And you know what? I, initially, when I read that, I said to myself, 
You know, it's amazing how sometimes we want to just kind of box God in. Sometimes we want to we want to keep the revelations of God and the promises of God in, in kind of this small container for ourselves. And sometimes when we think about the promises of God, the promises of God, I, as I was traveling over here this morning, I was listening to a song that said that the promises of God are yes and amen. And so sometimes when I think about the promises of God in my own life and I think about the things that God wants to do in me and through me, sometimes I try to hoard those things in, in my own. And it's not just because I'm trying to plan and I'm, and I'm, and sometimes I, I don't want to reveal those things because of the responsibility that it takes for me to make it, to manifest it. So now here he is in this conversation and he wants to build this house, this temple for the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant has been a strong voice and a presence for the, for, the, for the children of Israel as they were traveling, as they were wandering about. The voice of God and the presence of God was absolutely with them through the Ark of the Covenant. But then David's reality sets in and Nathan tells him, go and build that for the Lord. Build that for God because God will be pleased with you. And then God's report back was, I don't need you to build that. In fact, I want to do something. In other words, I want to do something deeper and something, something. Uh, I want to build a dynasty in you that, that outlives you. Something that, that takes your, your name and makes your name a great name. Now, now, one of my mentors, Pastor Steve Fitzhugh, always says to me that all you have is your name. So when I used to play sports and that name that was on the back of our jersey meant something, it meant something. There was something that I had to live up to. There was a legacy that was, that's connected to the name Nelson. There's a legacy that's connected to the name Chung. There's a legacy that's connected even to the name Washington Community Fellowship because there's legacy there. There's something that God is doing in the midst of, of our city. There's something that God is doing in the midst of our world when, when, when he uses the power of his name on our name. And so Nathan and, 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 and David have this conversation. Now, here's the thing that I checked out. So it was a culturally accepted norm for a king to build a temple in honor of his patron deity to, to who, attributed, who, who he attributed his success to. So in other words, it's kind of noble that, that, that this king has this, this opportunity to, to present something that, 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 that he contributes his, his, his deity to. So in other words, when I had that, that, that car accident and I stepped out the car and once my feelings were hurt and I began to praise and to magnify God because of what he's done, the thing that God has done, it was not about me, but I always believed that there was something, even growing up in Washington, D.C., with so much violence and so many things that are happening, so many things that I saw in my neighborhood. I believed then that there was something that God wanted to do in me and through me, and what God wanted to do was not just about me. It was not just about me. The death of my two friends was not about me. But God used those incidents and he used the incidents and the things that we had experienced in our home, the, the addiction of my father and the abuse and all the other things that I witnessed as a young person. God used all of that. And, and there's nothing in the journey, nothing in the narrative that I would have changed today. Because everything that God has allowed me to experience in that situation, he's now using it for the glory of God. So now here it is. So he so eventually we figure out 
uh, in later verses. And, and I just want to say, just highlight verse number 16 just for a second. And this is the good news translation. It says, you will always have descendants and I will make your kingdom last forever. Your dynasty will never end. When we align ourselves with who God is, God's best comes out of us and it's not about us, but we become a willing vessel to allow God to use us and allow God to make his way known in us because God will never force himself on us. Now, 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 I also believe, and I'm almost done, that I believe that in this moment, God was challenging David to think a little deeper. Because there was someone that was coming through the lineage of David and the bloodline of David that was going to be enough to save the world. And so in this Advent season, as we think about the power and the resurrection of God, as we think about the birth of Christ, how Christ came into the world, not to condemn the world, but to save the world through his son. And so I'm almost done. Uh, the, the, the focus here this morning on the road to revelation, making something known to reveal we have faith and a willing spirit. God will show us the way God's word to us is I am with you. Do not be afraid. So the seeds that I want to leave with us right quick. Um, here's a couple of verses of scripture. Solomon built God a magnificent house. Then you think about this house, the, 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 the cedar it was a valued timber. This was the, he, he was living in a home that he says is more valuable in a sense than, the, than a curtain or the Ark of the Covenant, what the Ark of the Covenant is in. And God's like, no, there's nothing more valuable than my presence. Absolutely nothing more valuable than the presence of God. I don't care if God was in a box, if God was in a trash can, God added value to it. Just like God added value to my life. Come on, I'm sitting here, Washington, D.C. And, and I'm telling you, when my own family members had said, you will never be nothing. You will always be like your no good daddy. And I stand before you today, not to toot my own horn, but to tell you the things that God has done, that God has created this value in me. And it's something that the world can't give and the world cannot take it away. So here we go. I'm done. I'm done. And behold, this is Luke 1, 31 to 33. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no in God's promise of a house for David is completely fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So David, what I want to do for you, what I want to, when I try to do through your son, through your offspring, Solomon, I'm going to now do it through Jesus where there is no sin. I'm going to do it through Jesus, the promise that I promise you. What is the promise that you're living in right now? The promise of those who have come before you, the promises of those who established this, this, this branch of Zion right here on the corner of 9th and Maryland Avenue, the voice of those who have spoken into your life and spoken into your heart. Today, they will be revealed through the power of Jesus Christ. So here are my seeds, here are my takeaways, and I'm done. I, I, want you to, I want you to get these, right? So the first takeaway, the first seed is the fact that the Lord is with you. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, right? We, sometimes we sing that. I don't know if you sung that, but that was, that was my shower voice. That was, I'm going to let you in on this little secret. That was my shower voice. Emmanuel, 
right? And it probably wouldn't sound good if, if it was a thousand people in here. But, but Emmanuel, God is with us. Then the next one is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Like he told Joshua in, in chapter one, I will be with you. And I, I believe that he had to tell him that several times so that he can get it. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I am with you. God is the only one who promises us. I used to say this to young people all the time and, I, and, and to my own self. I've spoken this to my own self. I am the only one who will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what God promises us. God will never leave us nor forsake us. Then the next one is nothing will be impossible with God. In God, all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. And in him, nothing is impossible. And then the last one that I want you to eat on and chew on this is the fact that God wants to do something in you <laughs> and through you. God wants to do something in us and through us. God bless.